Hi, everybody. My name is Hillary Kennedy, and I am the Program Director for Medicaid Leadership at the National Association of Medicaid Directors. I'm here to welcome you to our Medicaid Leadership Exchange, a new podcast series that explores priority topics for Medicaid leaders. This series, developed in partnership with NAMD and the Center for Healthcare Strategies and made possible by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, will feature conversations between Medicaid directors, sharing their insights and strategies on various key leadership topics. I'd like to introduce the moderator for today's session, Gretchen Hammer. Gretchen is NAMD's inaugural Senior Strategic Advisor, working with states in a variety of ways to support their strategic planning and operational goals for their Medicaid agencies. Gretchen most recently was the Medicaid Director in Colorado and also served on the NAMD Board of Directors. With that, I'll turn it over to Gretchen to say a few words and welcome today's conversation participants. Gretchen? Terrific. Thank you all very much. I am looking forward to our conversation with a number of great state Medicaid directors and staff from the Center for Healthcare Strategies. The focus of today's conversation will be facilitating cross-agency collaboration. And I would like to start with introducing, allowing each of the uh, participants to introduce themselves, starting first with Cindy, then Allison and Mark. If you could introduce yourselves and tell us um, what your role is and where you've uh, come from. Hi, I'm Cindy Bain. I'm the State Medicaid Director here in West Virginia. I've been um, the commissioner here for about four and a half years, and the first two years uh, of that was in an acting capacity, but I've been with the state Medicaid agency since 2005. Hi, uh, this is Allison Taylor. I am Indiana's Medicaid director, been in this capacity for almost two years now. Um, I have a bit of an interesting perspective. I come from private sector where I did legislative and policy work for providers and trade associations and actually served on the state's Medicaid advisory committee representing stakeholders before making the move uh, about four years ago to be the general counsel of our larger umbrella agency. Um, did that for a couple years and then moved from legal to Medicaid director um, and have really enjoyed um, partnering with CHCS and MLI on a, a number of efforts and I'm really glad to be here today. Mark? Hello, this is Mark Larson. I am from the Center for Healthcare Strategies where I serve as the Vice President of Policy and I work on various leadership programs including the Medicaid Leadership Institute. And prior to joining CHCS, I was Medicaid Director in the state of Vermont. Terrific. So as a the listeners can tell we have a wonderful group of folks with us who can provide, I think, great insights and uh, leadership ideas as it relates to facilitating cross-agency collaboration. So with that, I guess I'd like to jump right in and um, you know, recognize that both Allison and Cindy are joining us today because of their uh, known successes in building successful cross-agency collaborations. And Allison mentioned that it, in particular, she's positioned in part of a larger umbrella organization. So Allison, starting with you, could you briefly describe what you all have been up to working with your sister agencies and what really prompted you to collaborate beyond just being um, within the same umbrella agency? Yeah, so that is a, a great point and something that I think um, 
Medicaid directors, as they enter the space, may not necessarily appreciate, you know, when you um, are coming on board, that, that concept of, um, in many states, Indiana, uh, I think West Virginia as well, we are, um, Medicaid is one of the care divisions within a larger umbrella health and human services agency here in Indiana. So I've got, uh, you know, five um, co-directors, folks that I work with from mental health and addiction, disability and rehabilitative services, um, eligibility, childcare licensing. Uh, so it, it's a it's a dynamic that you are in inherently there's a interplay between Medicaid, you know, really being that single state agency doing a lot of the, the financing and underbelly of um, of the work, but my other, you know, the other directors really um, working on the policy and administering certain programs and waivers. So um, Collaboration is such an important concept, um, and here in Indiana, I, you know, I think we have um, that dynamic can really set you up for success or failure, right? I mean, it's sink or swim, and so in Indiana, um, it's actually quite an empowering thing to have this connection um, to the other care divisions within the umbrella agency, um, but we really have had to stay really laser focused on that mutual vision, so establishing what that vision is. And in Indiana, it's um, helping individuals live in fully engaged commu communities, reaching the greatest mental and physical well-being, period. I mean, that's it. And so when you are really focused and synthesized around that concept and have leadership from the top supporting you in that, um, you know, we've been able to do a lot of really dynamic um, cross within the agency collaboration and kind of across state government, which I bet we'll hit on here shortly. But I, I did want to take stock of that for a moment because that is um, really an important piece for Medicaid directors as they settle into this role to really invest in those relationships with the other care divisions um, because there is a, it's absolutely necessary to have a mutual understanding of that vision and goals and expectations. And then a couple you know, key themes and concepts. I, I bet Cindy would um, echo these, but being present, doing your homework, being timely, um, being face-to-face -face is really important when you're talking about partnering with care divisions. Um, so putting in the effort, making yourself accessible, um, I think are really important keys. I think um, I, I agree with Allison. You know, um, being a part of an umbrella organization really gives you some unique opportunities but at the same time, even though you're under that umbrella, the key is to really have the same goals and expectations and really set those goals. Um, one thing that I found here in West Virginia, if you're goal setting around a certain initiative or a certain project, um, you know, West Virginia right now is facing a lot of health crisis. We have um, a huge opioid epidemic. We lead the nation in overdose deaths that has led over into uh, um, a child welfare epidemic, we now lead the nation in children being removed from the home. And so um, if you can think of a silver lining to a crisis, the silver lining to the crisis is, is it necessitates all these different agencies working together to not only your umbrella agencies, but also reaching out to your justice-involved individuals and really coming together from the top down and this is what we're going to do to solve the crisis. And one of the things that I found that's unique as you develop these relationships, Allison's exactly right, you really have to invest the time 
invest the staff resources to really have an understanding of what your sister agencies are saying because sometimes we speak different language, especially between Medicaid agencies and your Bureau for Children and Families or your Child Welfare Agency. Um, sometimes you're wanting to say the same thing. For example, in you know child welfare speak, it's called wraparound, and in uh, Medicaid speak, it's called case management. But what is what exactly is that, and what exactly is that for that family? So it's really important to take time to have that understanding with your sister agencies of um, and get past some of those language barriers that you might have. Terrific. And, you know, I would reflect um, for those Medicaid directors and Medicaid agencies that aren't part of an umbrella organization, like in Colorado, I think we still felt that same sense of shared mission uh, because we all felt like we worked for the same governor. And so while we may not have been situated under a secretary or within a department structure, uh, you still can elevate to that shared intention and that sort of reminder that we actually all do need to work together because we together will deliver on our governor's vision for the state and our commitments to helping achieve that vision. So uh, it, can, it can be a little broader, but still I think equally as motivating toward collaboration. So you all mentioned uh, the importance of sharing time and uh, finding language, that those are some key ingredients that you all uh, found and, and being really willing to work together and to use the tools of each of your program uh, areas that your sister agencies manage or that you manage. I wanna turn though to what some of the hiccups were you know, what were some of the places where you tried something and it didn't work, or it actually undermined your effectiveness in working collaboratively with your sister agencies? I think that's a Oh, go ahead, Cindy. Um, I think some of the hiccups come come on our end with the, the data systems and the different um, unique data systems that different agencies use. And one of the things that I think you really have to make sure you're, you're all talking about, you know, the same members, the same people. And if your data systems can talk together, it's going to make your job so much easier. Um, but anytime you're trying to do a technology build and trying to make those systems talk, it really is very challenging and um, and then who's going to pay for system upgrades and those kinds of things and so you really have to work hard to get past that um, but that is something that you know, here in West Virginia we're still doing we're still trying to um, do some of those builds to where um, our children and family system is, is communicating with the Medicaid system and so we don't have duplicate members and duplication of, of services um, and to, so we can streamline. Oh, Cindy, so that is awesome. And I will, Gretchen, kind of flip that to reinforce that. I think data systems are, you're 100% you're right. And in Indiana, we, we are fortunate enough to have over the past couple of years taken steps to address data integration across government. So the barriers that Cindy is talking about, I can kind of attest that when there is that buy-in and that effort to collectively work together on integrating the data, um, having justice involved in education and Medicaid, 
Um, if we can get those um, systems to talk, um, a lot of those barriers go away. Um, so we, we still have a lot of work to do in Indiana, but we are making a very focused effort to address just that because I, I agree 100% that data, the regulatory pieces that go along with that, um, the technological silos um, can be significant and sometimes, you know, insurmountable. And so you really, it really takes a commitment to try to take that data piece. If you can break down that wall, then I think collaboration comes so much easier. You know, if I were thinking to, and I didn't even have, I, I wasn't going to talk about data, the stuff that I had thought through when I was thinking about challenges, there's also like that physicality of it, right? So being in the same space, um, here our government center, the Department of Health isn't in the same building, but we work together a heck of a lot. So putting yourself out there, trying to get, um, make sure that you don't expect collaborators to come to you in your office daily, right? I mean, get yourself out um, physically to the locations, try to be more accessible. I do think that physicality piece is a kind of a an easy concept but harder I think it's got a big impact um, and we can kind of take for granted what distance um, can how distance can cause challenges and then one other thing if I were just to comment because we we're certainly we're going through this right now with a um, sister um, division within the umbrella agency um, but going back and like clarifying roles and processes um, and that sounds almost silly, but there is such tremendous, um, not tremendous, but certainly with government, there's turnover, right? I mean, the same Medicaid director um, may not have overlined with sister division director um, in terms of tenure. And there's, there's a lot of um, underlying process in terms of how our divisions um, need to interact per, you know, uh, regulation, but also policy and process. Um, and we kind of take for granted that everybody understands the rules of the road. And so we're going through an exercise now where we are very specifically and kind of con concretely going back with this division leadership to say, all right, let's just start from scratch. Like, what does this relationship look like? What is it? What do we do now? How can we improve it? how can we set ourselves up for success so that we are collaborating and being communicating and um, make sure we're on the same page and effective. So those are some super basic concepts, but I think we take them for granted um, with transition and folks coming in. I know I found myself not wanting to ask maybe the dumb questions, like maybe I should have known precisely how we're supposed to interact. Um, but, you know, I wish I would have asked those questions sooner. You know, I think it's totally okay to say, hey, let's go back to basics and talk about how we work together and how we can do better. I think one of the strategies we use here in West Virginia, too, um, that really speaks to what Allison is saying, because commissioners and directors tend to change over time, but a lot of your um, state staff are, are really stable. And so one of the things that we use here in West Virginia is I actually assign staff to be liaisons to um, the, the sister agencies and to really get to know the staff and their, their counterparts at our sister agencies and develop those relationships. So the relationships aren't just between the commissioners, it's also between everyone else in your bureaus to really understand this is why Medicaid can't, you know, 
a lot of the things that the barriers that would be in the beginning is why can't you pay for this or why can't you do this and why is this a child welfare responsibility or vice versa and so if you really kind of get um, the staff from like the, the top down understanding each other's roles it's really been very helpful and really the commitment of the liaison and making sure that there is staff that they actually go to that sister agency and it's not just all over the phone and and really have to develop those relationships and that's part of their job. Um, it, it takes some time and it takes commitment from the director, but it will pay off tenfold for you. That's a great idea. Terrific. Well, you two are an incredible wealth of knowledge and, you know, we could continue this conversation for, for longer, but given that this is a podcast, we have um, a, a goal of, of keeping these short and sweet, but I am going to turn it over to Mark uh, Larson to now sort of share your reflections and synthesis of the key pearls of wisdom that you've heard um, Allison and Cindy share with us. Mark? Thanks, Gretchen. Uh, Allison and Cindy, you have given us a gift today in terms of sharing your experience of uh, being in two states that have done remarkable work. And uh, maybe you didn't think about it as a step-by-step -step guide, but as I was listening to you, you definitely started with the importance of mutual vision, uh, whether you're within an umbrella organization or not. Uh, the importance of that point of what are we trying to accomplish together, goals, expectations. I appreciated how you translated that also then into the importance of shared language. Uh, it's hard to have collaboration without understanding each other. And uh, Cindy, to your important point about the, the role of data, getting to that notion of really understanding that we serve the same people as the broader health and human service continuum. And then uh, I appreciated how you also emphasized the importance of things like face-to-face -face contact and being in uh, each other's space and investment of time, which it, to me translate to that core uh, component of collaboration, which is trust. Uh, that notion of investing in the relationship building seems really strong in the work that you've been doing. And I appreciated how you, you then each brought it down to the concrete level of uh, clarifying roles and process, looking uh, at specifically the importance of transitioning that collaborative work from the executive level down into the staff level, really building its long-term support. Uh, it seems to me that you have a nice formula for success and no wonder that you've been so successful in your efforts in state. So uh, thank you very much for sharing all of those, those points. I think the broader uh, world of Medicaid leaders and those who partner with them could really benefit from what you've shared with us today. Terrific. Well, Mark, I extend my gratitude for, to you for pulling all of that out from our conversation. I think that was our gift um, as well. So thank you again for everyone's participation. And Hillary, I will turn it back over to you to close out our conversation. 
Thanks, Gretchen. Um, we really appreciate all of you hopping on the phone together and being so thoughtful um, about your experiences with cross-sector collaboration. And, and we hope that those listening to this podcast have found the information valuable. Um, please keep an eye out for future podcasts in the Medicaid Leadership Exchange series, and AMD and CHCS will continue to partner um, to offer more resources for you all in this space. So thank you again, and we'll talk soon.